informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to this Wednesday edition of Catholic Drive Time. It is uh, January 3rd, 2024. Getting used to the new year. And uh, you don't have a new host. You just have a substitute host for a couple of days. Adrian will return tomorrow, I promise. (laughs) In the meantime, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And uh, my name is Dave Palmer. I have uh, been a longtime uh, family member of the Guadalupe Radio Network. I currently serve as Executive Director of KTH 910 AM in North Texas. And it is an absolute delight to be with you this morning and to pray with you and to also share a lot of great information about our beloved Catholic faith. So thank you so much for joining me. Of course, uh, we have the team, uh, Tim Mott, our producer, and Rudy Carlos is going to be providing news and humor. And he has vowed as of yesterday to be absolutely (laughs) undeceptive in the, the game Something you failed at miserably yesterday, Rudy. I was surprised. Well, that poor lady had to put up with your lies and deception. <laughs> Thanks be to God for Mary Rita. Dave, you know, it's another day. It's a, it's another opportunity for us to do better today. Today, I'm going to, I'm just going to pick up my cross and carry it again. Let's see how far I get. (laughs) Okay. Do the best you can. Okay. We will see how well you do that. All right. So, uh, yeah, the game show will be next hour. Also, uh, Cicely Anderson is running the board today. She's our North Texas assistant. She also is going to be doing double duty because she is going to be a guest, uh, the top of the next hour talking about what is it like to be a young person, a, (laughs) a young Catholic in the world today? Rudy, you're pretty. You're like younger than I am, but I don't know if you're officially a young person or not. I don't even know how old you are. Well, but Adrian, definitely a young person. Uh, and that's one of the questions I'll ask uh, Cecil. What, what is a young person? I mean, I'd say generally 20s and 30s, would you say? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I'd say early early 30s, maybe like mid 20s as young person. After after mid 20s, <laughs> you're an old you're an old one. Uh, okay. I don't know what that leaves me as, but uh, we'll go ahead and leave that one alone. All right. Let me, let me, uh, let me begin uh, a little late to begin, but let's start with a prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the novena to the divine infant King. Oh, divine infant Jesus, we have recourse to thee. Please, through thy blessed mother, assist us in this necessity because we firmly believe that thy divinity can help us. We hope with confidence to obtain thy holy grace. We love thee with all our hearts and with all the strength of our souls. We repent sincerely of our sins and we beg thee, O good Jesus, to grant us the strength to triumph over them. I resolve never more to offend thee And we come to offer ourselves to thee with the intention of enduring everything rather than to displease thee. Henceforth, we desire to serve thee with fidelity. And for the love of thee, O divine infant, we love our neighbors as ourselves. And O powerful infant, O Jesus, we implore thee again, assist us in our need. Grant us the grace of possessing thee eternally with Mary and Joseph and of adoring thee with the angels in the heavenly court. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, we're off to a good start again. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. Uh, Adrian will be back tomorrow. In fact, when Adrian, Adrian comes back tomorrow, God willing, he is going to have some additional exciting information about the new show, uh, new format, even a new name, I understand. It's all going to be uh, starting up on January 22nd. 
And I have just, I know Adrian's been leaving little hints and tips along the way, but uh, I think he's going to just kind of let you know everything uh, this week, probably tomorrow morning. Okay, so definitely tune in for that, uh, for some exciting news. And also, yesterday after this program ended, we kicked off our car raffle with a special car raffle show. And so just remember, the car raffle is underway. The drawing is February 23rd, Friday morning, I think on this show. Uh, the drawing will be had sometime early that morning. If you want to get tickets, you can go to grnonline.com slash raffle. And the theme is Pay It Forward. We're asking you to not only buy tickets for yourselves, uh, but also buy a ticket for somebody else. Buy one for your your grandma or your you know uh, your neighbors or the the postman or uh, a first responder maybe a teacher a police officer uh, a veteran somebody that uh, maybe somebody in your neighborhood had just lost their job and they could uh, just be uh, delighted by the chance of winning a 2024 Mercedes Benz uh, GLB in in night black okay that's what we're giving away on February 24th as of uh, right now 16 people have paid it forward with 40 tickets purchased. Okay, it's early on. The goal is a 1,000, a 1,000 people doing that. And so we'll give you uh, daily updates here on this program. All right, uh, let's see. Today is the feast of the most holy name of Jesus. Uh, St. Paul gets credit for promoting the holy devotion of the holy name because he wrote in Philippians that God the Father gave Christ Jesus the name that is above every name, And this devotion became popular because of 12th century Cistercian monks and nuns, but especially through the preaching of St. Bernardine of Siena, who was a 15th century Franciscan. Bernardine used devotion to the holy name of Jesus as a way of overcoming bitter and often bloody class struggles and family rivalries and vendettas in Italian city-states. The devotion grew partly because of Franciscan and Dominican preachers. It spread even more widely after the Jesuits began promoting it in the 16th century. In 1530, Pope Clement V approved an office of the holy name for the Franciscans. In 1721, Pope Innocent XIII extended the feast to the entire church. And so, I don't know about you, but when somebody uses the name of Jesus in a disrespectful way, I just recoil, and it's become so common. I mean, it's it's something that you know, it's, it's, it seems to be accepted in many quarters of our, of our society, but, uh, we're reminded today that the holy and precious name of Jesus is, uh, just that. It's holy and precious. Uh, one other thing, uh, before we get to Rudy in the news, uh, we are going to have Joseph Pierce on today, and he has written a, uh, you probably know who Joseph Pierce is. He's a, a very, he's a famous, uh, convert. Had a very interesting past, um, and is just a, a brilliant writer and critic, uh, literary critic. And he has written a, an article for Crisis Magazine called Unsung Heroes of Christendom. And so, you know, we all know the really popular saints, the Aquinases and Francis and, uh, you know, uh, the, the um, Claire and you, you name it. Um, but there are a lot of others who never get any recognition. And so he's starting a series with Crisis Magazine to bring some attention to the unsung heroes. But I guess, does that mean they would no longer be unsung <laughs> if he brings attention to them? Uh, it's a question that we can all ponder, right, Rudy Carlos? Yeah, definitely. Do, well, they, become, do they become unsung when uh, Joseph Pear starts talking about them? 
Man, I can only hope to uh, be unsung one day. No, they become <laughs> sung, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's throw to you with a look at news. Good morning, Rudy Carlos. Uh, thank you, Dave. Good morning. May the holy name of Jesus be adored and praised. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired, and allow me to keep you a little bit informed as to what the breaking news and headlines are. A federal appeals court rules Biden administration can't force Texas doctors to perform emergency abortions. A panel of judges on federal appeal, uh, on a federal appeals court unanimously ruled that the Biden administration can't compel emergency room doctors in Texas to perform abortions under an order to stabilize a patient. The 1986 federal law requires ER physicians to provide an abortion when, quote, necessary, unquote, as part of stabilizing treatment for an emergency medical condition. The question before the court is whether the Emergency Medical Treatment and Active Labor Act, according to HHS guidance, mandates physicians to provide abortions when that is the necessary stabilizing treatment for an emergency medical condition. It does not. The ruling handed down by the U.S. Court of Appeals of the Fifth Circuit stated, they continue saying, we therefore decline to expand the scope of EMT-ALA. And the U.S. rebukes irresponsible comments from Israeli ministers. The U.S. State Department criticized Israeli ministers Smotrich and Ben Gavir for advocating the resettlement of Palestinians outside of Gaza, calling it inflammatory and irresponsible. The ministers' comments raised concerns in the Arab world about Israel's intentions toward Palestinians, reminiscent of the mass dispossession during Israel's creation in 1948. The Israeli government has not officially proposed evicting Gazans or sending Jewish settlers back to Gaza, but Finance Minister Smotrich and National Security Minister Ben Gavir supported encouraging Palestinians to leave and re-establishing Israeli settlements. And another concerning story here, a Chinese foreign exchange student disappeared, and he was found in a cyber kidnapping scheme. A 17-year-old Chinese exchange student, Zhai, uh, Kai Zhuzhang, missing since December 28th, was discovered alive in Brigham City, Utah. He fell victim to a cyber kidnapping trend targeting Chinese exchange students. Xu Zhang's uh, parents received a ransom demand and transferred $80,000 to the kidnappers. Police, aided by the FBI, found Xu Zhang in a tent, cold but unharmed. Cyber kidnappers manipulate victims into isolating themselves, threatening to harm or extort to threatening harm to their their families to extort money. Xu Zhang had been contacting by, contacted by the extortionists before his disappearance, saying he only wanted to ensure his family's safety and requested a warm cheeseburger upon rescue. A man of uh, of culture there. Now those are some of your headlines this morning, but stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. I have some more interesting stories you don't want to miss. I think you know comfort food, man. right, Dave? You just got you gotta have yeah, a burger. That's right. After. There's nothing like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I've told you many times, I, I, I wake up in the morning, I turn on Catholic Drive Time, I'm, I'm making breakfast for my son and me, or me and my son, or whatever the English teacher says I should say, uh, and I and I, you, you guys make me laugh, you know, and now here I am, I'm hosting the show and you're making me laugh. You got to stop that, Rudy Carlos, will you please? Come on, okay, I got a job to so, do Dave. right here, okay? For, foreshadowing, maybe I'll, I'll stop then. <laughs> okay. All right. The, uh, the 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 commentary on today's gospel is uh, what we're going to do right now. And as I, first of all, it's really cool because 
If you are in the habit of going to daily mass, which I am not, I don't go to daily mass. I try to go as often as possible during the week, but I don't get to daily mass often just because of my schedule. But you basically are reading, you know, the, the gospel in order. And so this week we're on John chapter one. I, I talked about yesterday where John the Baptist was the prefiguration of Jesus and as today the gospel is for John chapter 1 verses 29 to 34. So just five verses, but it's basically that continuation of that story as John the Baptist sees Jesus coming. And of course, John is the great prophet, the great herald of Jesus. And I, I, it reminds me of something that uh, I learned from Dr. Scott Hahn many years ago. And Rudy, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but uh, Dr. Hahn uh, talks about rumble strips. You know, when you're driving down the freeway and you've been driving for a long time and you're getting tired and all of a sudden, it's, you know, that's exactly what they sound like, by the way. And you end the rumble strips kind of wake you up. You know, it's something that you, you hear. I mean, that, that if you're kind of getting a little, you know, tired and, and again, it wakes you up and kind of gets you refocused. And so this one has a couple of rumble strips, you know, because it says John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is the one whom I said a man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me. Okay, so no big surprises there. And then he says, because he existed before me. Okay, Mm. now to me, that's a rumble strip because from a biological standpoint, John the Baptist existed before Jesus, right? So, I mean, he was six months older than Jesus, right? Mary came and visited uh, Elizabeth when uh, Mary was still pregnant. And so that's interesting. And then the next line says, I did not know him. And you're like, what? You didn't know him? You're cousins. <laughs> you know, and now he's saying he didn't know Jesus. Uh, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. And so it just, uh, it's an interesting introduction from John the Baptist of Jesus and it kind of sounds like this is a whole new Jesus to him. Of course, Jesus never changed. He's always God from the moment of his conception. But there seemed to be something that's spectacular and something maybe when Jesus begins his public ministry, there was some different something about him. I don't know. Anything, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to reflect on this yet, or Rudy, but any any thoughts on that or just that introduction of Jesus by John the Baptist, who he would have grown up with, he would have known very well, and he says, I, I, I didn't even know him. You know, isn't that interesting? <laughs> it's super interesting. It just reminds me when he says that he preexisted me. Uh, it just it just reminds yeah. me of that that first god the end the end gospel you know we talked about yesterday uh you know in the the TLM in the beginning was the word and the word was made flesh I actually <laughs> I'm getting it confused <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah in the beginning was the word was and the, the word, word was made exactly. flesh and yeah. the, no the word and the word was god and the word was with god yeah yeah it's that that prologue to the gospel so all right the music is playing i got a couple of interesting stories to share with you on the other side of this break this is catholic drive time it's january 3rd dave palmer filling in for adrian fonseca who will return tomorrow okay uh we'll be back merry christmas happy new year
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. How much havoc would be caused at your church if your pastor brought a big statue of St. Peter or St. Paul and placed them in the sanctuary? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history's on the side of the Catholic Church. Christian art in many forms dates way back to about 120 A.D., and so do those various Christian symbols which we still see today. You know, a dove, a fish, a lamb. Why are those okay? Secondly, the Bible, Exodus, Numbers, and Ezekiel... All these books show God telling Moses, David, or Ezekiel to carve out images of angels that were used in worship. And and thirdly, a tough comeback, especially for my guy friends. Does Cooperstown, Canton, or Cleveland mean anything to you? Yep, the Hall of Fame locations filled with statues, jerseys, bats, and balls. Memorabilia is a $37 billion industry, but you say, don't bring a statue into my church. Well, how many of you guys have admired one of those bronze statues of an athlete? I'd rather stare at St. Peter's, Paul, and Mary in my church, and I'm not talking about the old folk band. Listen to The Spirit World with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Demonic activity appears to be on the rise. I'm Debbie Giorgiani, and I invite you to join Adam Bly and me this weekend for The Spirit World. On The Spirit World, we offer a Catholic perspective on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. Saturdays at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Guadalupe Radio Network and other EWTN radio affiliates. Visit grnonline.com slash spiritworld. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. It is 16 minutes after the hour. Dave Palmer in Fredrin Fonseca taking a much-needed and deserved uh, break up in uh, Pennsylvania, I think. He'll, he'll probably tell you all about it when he gets back on the air tomorrow. But uh, I am here, and we are glad that you are here as well. Today is the Feast of the Holy Name of Jesus. So just say the name of Jesus today very reverently and prayerfully today, and it has uh, amazing power as well. All right, this is the part of the show where I just kind of share with you a couple of uh, things that crossed my radar as far as stories in the news. And I um, wanted to, first of all, and Rudy, I didn't run this by you uh, ahead of time, but oh because you are an artsy kind of guy, I bet you you're familiar with this, this whole thing about Mickey Mouse getting out of the public domain. Do you know about this story? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, so oh, okay. Disney... Disney's had their their claws on Mickey Mouse for a long time. Well, I I don't know how it works, but after a certain amount of time, it becomes public domain, so anybody can now yeah. make Mickey Mouse stuff, uh, which is interesting. I wonder yeah, what, but what I, he'll but get I think into only, now. Only certain certain versions of Mickey Mouse, though. I think it is oh, because I uh, and I and I and I didn't know anything about this 24 hours ago, so I'm not <laughs> claiming to be the expert. But it is interesting, and I have a little connection that I wanted to make about this as well. But I knew you're a graphics guy, and I remember going into a bakery a number of years ago, and you know, I, people make different designs on their cakes for birthdays, and of course for kids and all that. And I remember seeing a sign at the bakery, and it said, "We are not allowed to use any image." of Disney characters. Okay, that was a big sign. It was like a big no-no. And I also heard of somebody one time who, uh, I didn't know the person personally, but I heard the story of somebody who applied uh, for a job for to Disney and in, in for like like an artist. And in and they provided a bunch of drawings of Disney characters in order to get the job, right? Well, I think D- Disney, from what I heard, not only didn't hire them, but I think they sued them because they were <laughs> illegally using images no. uh, in their portfolio of, of, of Disney characters. So anyways, here's the story. Uh, an early version of Disney's Mickey Mouse character entered the public domain on January 1st of this year, which means the character is no longer protected and can be used by other uh, people other than Disney. 
Uh, at least two films starring an early version of the Walt Disney Company's famous mascot uh, of Steamboat Willie, that's the name of it, uh, were announced this week uh, after it entered the public domain. So people are obviously pouncing on this opportunity. Uh, a teaser trailer for Mickey Mouse's Trap, a live-action film depicts a group of friends who are terrorized by somebody in a mask of Mickey Mouse at a carnival. The mouse is out, the trailer declares. So they have taken, uh, you know, an innocent character like Mickey Mouse and they've turned it into something scary. Um, a film like this might have been considered copyright infringement just a few days ago. Uh, Mickey has been synonymous with the Disney brand for nearly a century, but since U.S. law allows copyright to be held for 95 years, Disney's Steamboat Willie copyright officially expired on January 1st of this year. Now, get this. A second Steamboat Willie horror film was announced Tuesday via press release. The film will start production in the spring of this year. The producer, whose name I won't even mention, said, Steamboat Willie has brought joy to generations, but beneath that cheerful exterior lies the potential for pure, unhinged terror. I can't wait to unleash our twisted take on this beloved character to the world. All right, so Disney comes back and says, we will, of course, continue to protect our rights in the more modern versions of Mickey Mouse and other works that remain subject to copyright, and we will work to safeguard against consumer confusion caused by unauthorized use of Mickey. All right, so I guess my little commentary on this is that Disney has something that, you know, to some degree they hold sacred. They have this character and they've tried to protect it and it's at their theme parks and it's a something that's very kid friendly and most of us associate it with something kind of beautiful and sweet and innocent, right? And now they've lost the copyright and people are besmirching it and they're using it for ways that uh, they that were not not intended. But <laughs> I can't help but draw the parallel to what Disney has done to institutions that we hold dear, like marriage and sexuality and identity and things like that. I mean, of course, there's no uh, statute of limitations or trademarks on that, but they've taken something that Christians hold very dear and they've besmirched it. And so hopefully, maybe in this, they see the irony in this and maybe the a little bit of justice that uh, something that they hold dear is uh, being uh, polluted a bit. Does that make sense? Rudy, am I making any sense here or am I just talking to myself? <laughs> no, I think you knocked it out of the park. It's, it's, it's really ironic, actually, when you think of it that way. Yeah, Disney. Yeah, yeah. You know, you hear stories about them in Florida and and just completely fighting the uh, the reforms that are taking place in Florida with uh, Governor DeSantis. And yeah, it's funny to see it juxtaposed with uh, them keeping something that they consider to be sacred, Mickey Mouse. You know, it's uh, it's, yeah. that's a good parallel. Clearly, you're yeah, a you philosopher, see, uh, Dave. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the first thing that popped in my mind when I read the article because it made me a little sad. I was like, you know, I, I'm not a big Disney fan and I think I've only been to Disney World one time. Uh, but still, it's something that is sweet and innocent. When I think of Mickey Mouse, I think of that. I don't, I don't want people making movies of, you know, terror, you know, Mickey Mouse and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but anyways, I think the parallels are, uh, somewhat clear and a little bit lighter of a story here. Rudy Carlos, when in the Carlos family, I don't know if you and Adrian have talked about this, when does Christmas end as far as, uh, I think you I think I heard you say that you didn't put up lights this year, right? And did you put up a Christmas tree or when do you take it yeah. down? And it, this is actually leading to my story because there was okay. a story on Church Pop 
that said five reasons you should keep celebrating Christmas until Candle Mass on February 2nd. Something I don't necessarily <laughs> do, but I'll, I'll lay out their case anyways. Yeah, it changes every year for us, but we, we definitely put out a Christmas tree. It depends, you know, just there's a lot of variables here as to when it goes up. If we go for the natural tree route, which we're not going to do anymore, it's hard to get one here in Houston. If we go the natural tree route, we tend to keep it up shorter because, you know, it's yeah. kind of dangerous, right? I mean, <clears throat> you hear all you hear about the trees spontaneously combusting and all, and all that stuff. So we try and keep it relatively short when we have a natural tree. When it's an artificial tree, we keep it up till whenever Christmas ends. And don't quiz yeah. me on that right now because I can't remember when. But <laughs> it, it, It's funny, you know, as long as I've been a Catholic and working in Catholic radio and you hear the interviews and you hear people talking about this, all this stuff, and it's still some of the things like the liturgical season still get a little confusing to me. And so I remember talking to a guy at church one time and he said that he keeps his lights up until February 2nd in his awesome. house. And he said that some of his neighbors were complaining <laughs> because they thought it was kind of ridiculous to have Christmas lights up until February 2nd. So anyways, this story by Susanna Spencer on Church Pop website, churchpop.com, says five reasons you should keep celebrating Christmas until Candle Mass on February 2nd. And she makes some interesting points. She said Christmas, Candle Mass is the traditional end of the Christmas season. Candle Mass is every year on February 2nd. It's the feast of the presentation of our Lord and the purification of Our Lady when Our Lady and St. Joseph presented their firstborn son in the temple in accordance with the new law. Uh, Mary, by law, had to wait 40 days to go to the temple after giving birth. While she did not need purification, she submitted to the law of God that was established. So really, for all of January, we can remember Jesus as a newborn and Our Lady and St. Joseph facing the daily adjustment that all first-time parents face. In the old liturgical calendar, this liturgical season was called the Time After Epiphany. Okay, so that's uh, that's the first point, and you can jump in and uh, comment at, at any point. But uh, I I don't practice this, you know. I'm I'm pretty kind of hardcore. I I, I I Epiphany is when our tree comes down. We do get mm-hmm. we do get a a, a real tree. And uh, I can give you the name of somebody that makes some really cool. I mean, they don't make them. They, they go and they get trees that <laughs> last a long time. So I'm sure they might be able to deliver them down to Houston. Uh, all right. Point number two, with such a busy time of Advent and Christmas, it's much easier to focus on the birth of Christ after the days of feasting. Mm. The parties are over. The feasts are eaten. The presents are unwrapped. Finally, we can get back to a more normal pace of life. Christian's normal pace of life includes daily prayer. Why not use the time after the birth of Christ while the liturgical year waits to present him in the temple to contemplate further the wonder of the word made flesh? All right. Uh, me, I find. Let me okay, jump in ahead. here, Dave, you know, because if we have a real sort of lead up to Christmas, right, if we're really actively thinking about Advent, I mean, that's an opportunity for us to to prepare for the birth of Christ. Right. And it's a buildup. It's a buildup. We get to Christmas and it wouldn't make any sense for us to just celebrate one day and then the day after take down everything. Uh, that is reminiscent of the of, of uh, Christ's birth, right? So we take down the lights, we take down everything, we pretend like it's all over. Well, actually, now is the time to actually reflect on on our Lord, to just kind of sit there with Him, and and you know, here in the building in uh, in Houston, uh, you know, we they went all out. They they put all the decorations up. You could not escape. 
you know, all of the uh, different Christmas songs here. I mean, you couldn't even go to the bathroom without listening to the, the Christmas songs. And I just realized yeah, today yeah. everything's gone. It's like a tomb in here now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's strange. And but yeah, and, and I think we're all affected by the culture. And it just uh, kind of used the term the kids use. It doesn't it doesn't hit the same way, you know. <laughs> After Christmas, I know the, the the radio stations that play Christmas music here locally, they'll even advertise leading up. You know, we're playing it uh, through Christmas at midnight. You know, and then on December twenty sixth, man, they're back to regular music, and it's over. Which is ironic because that's when the Christmas season begins, right? <laughs> all right, so I'll go through a couple more of these. I know we're about to run out of time. Uh, number three. In the bleak season of January, January we need a little Christmas spirit. January, much more than December, needs a little cheering up. In the northern parts of the world, the snow on the ground has turned to gray slush and ice. Everything is gray and glum, and absurdly less than freezing cold temperatures plague us. That sounds kind of pessimistic. It's not Lent yet, Lent yet so why take on the penance of ceasing to celebrate before you have to? Okay, I know Exodus 90 started, um, I think, on January 2nd, and so a lot of men are going through this austerity right now but i think they're saying hey just keep the keep the celebration going you know it's still christmas time and uh number four christmas music is still appropriate after christmas you can skip all the songs about santa and longing to be home for christmas and focus on the carols about christ's birth newborn babies are not forgotten 12 days after their birth but are cared for and loved as they grow we can do the same for christ let us enjoy the baby moon of our lady singing about the birth of her son as long as we can. All right. So Amen. Uh, I think it's, it's a, it's a nice thing. And I guess uh, officially they're right. It does go to February 2nd. Uh, but I think there's a lot of confusion about that. The culture isn't supporting it. And so here we are. So um, anyways, did uh, I change your mind? You're going to go get a, you're going to go get your tree back up and uh, put it up till February 2nd or get some lights up in the house or what? Be countercultural. Put the tree back up, leave it up. Leave the lights up. <laughs> Go grab it from the trash man. It, it is interesting <laughs> to see how many of the, the trees are on the road, uh, you know, just a, a couple of days uh, after Christmas. But, yeah, we keep, we keep ours up until uh, Epiphany. And, and by the way, do you do the Epiphany blessing with the chalk on the, on the, 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 the top of your doors of your houses? Do you, does your parish do that? Yeah, we do that. Uh, it, a lot of people want to have it done with the priest there, but, uh, you know, they, they yeah. reserve it for only the, the people who just recently moved into their, their house. So <laughs> they do yeah. that. It's funny. Yeah, I, so I had the, the first. Uh, go ahead. No, no, no. Well, I guess we're out of time. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Joseph Paris is coming up next. Uh, he's going to talk about the unsung heroes of Christianity, the men and women you may have never heard of. But lived uh, valiant, heroic lives. Joseph Pierce coming up next here on Catholic Drive Time. Hi, this is Dr. David Anders from EWTN's Call to Communion. I believe that the Ministry of Catholic Radio is one of the greatest tools we have in the Church for evangelism today. I hear from people all over the world on a daily basis who have encountered Christ in the Catholic Church for the first time by listening to Catholic Radio. Please support the Ministry of Catholic Radio today. Support Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the expression, free love? Do you know what it means? It means false love. True love does not want to be free. 
It wants to bind itself. It wants to give everything and forever. It wants to make a vow, a promise that it will keep. G.K. Chesterton says the man who makes a vow makes an appointment with himself at some distant time or place. The question is, will he keep the vow? That's the adventure. The perils and the punishment must be real. If I bet, I must be made to pay, or there's no poetry in betting. If I challenge, I must be made to fight, or there's no poetry in challenging. And if I vow to be faithful, I must be cursed when I'm unfaithful. Or there's no fun in vowing. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. New Catholic trade schools are sprouting up across the country. There's a growing interest in the trades for many families around the country, according to the leaders of a post-secondary Catholic trade institution. And it comes amid a major skilled labor shortage in the U.S. According to the 2023 Career Advancement in Manufacturing report by Zometry, 82% of manufacturing companies are experiencing a labor shortage. In February, the Associated Builders and Contractors said that the construction industry had a shortage of half a million laborers. Leaders of a new Catholic trade schools uh, across the U.S. say that they're offering a new path for students who don't want to take on crippling debt from traditional four-year colleges by training them in a skill, cultivating their faith, and doing it all affordably. Unfortunately, most of the schools on this list are kind of on the West Coast, uh, but maybe that's not so bad considering that the weather better is better over there, the food tends to be a little bit better there, but uh, check out the list on uh, Catholic News Agency and uh, take a look. Maybe you have uh, somebody who's going to be graduating this year and, and <laughs> you can encourage them for, uh, for a trade. That would be better. Now, did you hear this story? There was a bomb threat and it was averted at the Cologne Cathedral. Police in Cologne, Germany, continue to heavily guard Cologne Cathedral after detaining five suspects connected with an alleged Islamist plot to bomb the Catholic landmark. Approximately a thousand police officers were reportedly present around the cathedral on New Year's Eve. Local media outlets reported that the attack was supposed to have been carried out with a car loaded with explosives. Police implemented heavy security for the cathedral upon receiving the information. Mass attendees had to go through security checks with police dogs and approximately a thousand police officers were there to make sure that everybody was safe on Christmas Eve or rather New Year's Eve. Now those are some of your headlines this morning. Thank you for listening to Catholic Drive Time and uh, may God bless all of your holy efforts today. This first hour of the program, and uh, we are getting Joseph Pearson, and we'll have him in just a moment. Just a quick reminder that the car raffle for Guadalupe Radio Network officially started yesterday. We had the soft launch in December, and then yesterday it started off. The theme is Pay It, pay it Forward. And that means uh, buy some tickets, go to grnonline.com slash raffle, and you can find out how you can win a 2024 Mercedes-Benz GLB 250. You know, on the show yesterday, I was mentioning about driving down the freeway, and my 15-year-old daughter was like, Dad, look at that car. Look at that awesome car. And it just <laughs> turned out, and she had no idea that this was the car we were giving away. And I said, I said, Mara, that's the car we're giving away on the, the raffle. And so she was pretty impressed. All right. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, I think that's it. Let's get straight to our guest. Thank you for that news, by the way, Rudy. And Joseph Pierce, 
is the author of a new article called Unsung Heroes from Crisis Magazine. Uh, he's a con- senior contributor to Crisis Magazine. He is director of book publishing at the Augustan Institute, editor of the St. Austin Review, and series editor of the Ignatius Critical Editions, and acclaimed biographer and literary scholar. His latest book is called Benedict Sixteenth, Defender of the Faith, it's newly published by Tan Books. His website is jperce.co, J-P-E-A-R-C-E dot C-O, not com, dot C-O. Joseph Pierce's latest book, The Good, the Bad, and the Beautiful, History in Three Dimensions, is newly published by Ignatian Press. And again, we're going to talk about the unsung heroes of Christendom. Uh, Joseph Pierce, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing very well. How are you? Oh, good to, good to uh, talk with you. And... Uh, I'll never forget being at a, a conference uh, that I emceed one time for it was a homeschool conference, and afterwards, the, all the speakers and uh, the, the the and me, little me, got to go out to a, to a meal. And uh, you'll, there's no reason you would remember this, but uh, I remember sitting next to you and just having a little bit of time with you, and it was such a such a delight to to get to know you a little better. But that, that was this was many many years ago. But now here we are on the radio together. So what a delight! Uh, thanks for taking time to to be on with us. And boy, you're busy, aren't you? You're writing books, and uh, you, you're doing a lot of things. You got your uh, you, you got a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of balls in the air at the moment, don't you? Yeah, so I keep myself busy writing, editing, speaking, teaching. Um, yeah, never a dull moment. And I'm, I'm also a paterfamilias. I have a wife and children that also keeps me busy. <laughs> yes. So uh, you, you mentioned the, in the this first uh, submission of Unsung Heroes of Christendom that this is something that you really have had on your heart for a long time and then um, uh, Eric Sammons of Crisis Magazine said, well, go ahead and do a series on it. So why, why is this, you know, topic and this uh, series so important to you? Well, I did a series for Crisis Magazine a, a, a year or so back um, on uh, great literature in a nutshell, where I sought basically to, to get, take 50 of the greatest books of Western civilization and try to encapsulate them in a thousand words. And I just thought doing something similar with, uh, the heroes of, of Christian civilization who aren't as well known as they should be, but also be fun. So I suggested this to Eric Sammons and, um, and he said, that's, that's a great idea. Go ahead and do it. So we launched the series a month or so back. I, I wrote an introductory, uh, essay on, on what, what an unsung hero is. Uh, and then, I, and then we had about three or four, uh, uh essays since then we've actually published in a series. Don't know how many there'll be. The last series was about 50. So uh, I imagine it would be something similar. Yeah, so I guess what I'm reading is the first one here. So let's define an unsung hero. It uh, probably goes without saying this is uh, something that somebody that a lot of people have never heard of, but still lived an extraordinary life. And so uh, I don't think you give any examples yet in this first uh, series. And I'm guessing the sky's the limit because there's so many unsung heroes out there. But what do you define as an unsung hero, especially when it comes to Christendom? And uh, give us a little background of what you have in mind. Yeah, well, there are three words there. I think we all need to we, we need to define unsung hero and Christendom. So let's start with the last word first. Christendom is Christian civilization. So the uh, the mystical body of Jesus Christ is the Catholic Church. Uh, the mystical body of Jesus Christ in time is the Church militant, the Church at war. Um, we are Milus Christi soldiers of Christ. And uh, the, the template for history, if you like, is set up by the gospel that in every generation we have uh, those who are loyal disciples 
Uh, we also have the Judas within the church, the, the, the traitor, the heretic, the corrupt person within the church, the Judas. We have Caesar. We always have the power of the sec of secularism against us. So the, the heroes are, so that, that's what Christendom is. In, in, the, in the ultimate sense of the word, heroism and holiness are the same thing. Because to be a hero is to lay down your life self-sacrificially for the beloved, Jesus Christ, our neighbor, etc., um, so the, in the deeper sense of the word, heroism and holiness are the same thing. Saints are all heroes. But there are some people who, are not, who have not been canonized that are heroes nonetheless because they have made a major contribution to Christian civilization, even though their personal life, they might not have been uh, saints. So uh, the, I want to sing, sing the praises of those people as well, uh, waltz and all, so to speak. Um, so the unsung are people just not as well known as they should be. Uh, that, are, that are neglected, ignored, or, or forgotten. Some people might have been famous in their own time, you know, several hundred years ago, but if you like, been buried by the sands of time, and I want to dig them up again and, uh, and, 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 and resurrect them, as it were. So unsung heroes of Christendom, but those heroes of Christian civilization who are not as well known as they should be. Let me let me go back to the Christendom uh, point, because if you had asked me an hour ago about Christendom, I would have said, oh, that was a historical time period. It was the the high Middle Ages. It was when, you know, Bonaventure and Aquinas and Francis were walking the earth and Albert and uh, the, the, the church and the state were very much united in many ways. And everybody was walking around with halos in their head, <laughs> which I say that uh, as a joke, but uh, but that's not the case, is it? Uh, Christendom was not a particular time period it uh, are we living in christendom now or, or can you define that a bit yeah so basically uh we go back right back to st augustine there's the city of god and there's the city of man the city of god ultimately is heaven but but, but until or unless we get there and until we get there we're, while we're living our three score years and ten our mortal lives we are uh trying to build the city of god within the city of man uh, that is what christendom is is the city of god in time um, the, the church triumphants the church in heaven. This is this is the church within the city of man, striving to build the city of God. So that goes right back to to the time of Christ. Everything about Christendom is there in the teaching of Jesus Christ, and it goes through every single generation. There's no golden age in the past, and there's no golden age in the future except for heaven. Uh, 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 the golden age in the future is when we die if we're in a state of grace. Joseph Paris is my guest. Uh, his article is, uh, is called Unsung Heroes of Christendom. His website, jpierce.co, jpierce.co. And he's also the author of many books, as I mentioned a moment ago. So uh, how do you go about researching these? Because the, the very fact that they're unsung probably means that there isn't a whole lot of material about some of these. And if there is a lot of material, they would not be unsung. <laughs> so there's a little bit of an inherent irony there. So well, what's your methodology? Well, I, 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 I aim to keep people surprised. So, um, so the first one was the unsung St. Nicholas, for instance. Um, I'll tell you what, you're going to keep people. Let's keep people very surprised because we got to take a break. OK, so uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Joseph, I shouldn't have asked you that question right before a break. But it shows my amateur skills at hosting a morning radio show. But <laughs> uh, we'll be right back with Joseph Pierce after this and he'll be able to answer that question. Merry Christmas, dear listeners. I'm Sean Rice, GRN's Executive Director. As we gather to celebrate the birth of Jesus, let's reflect on these words of St. Augustine. 
Awake mankind, for your sake God has become man. I tell you again, for your sake God became man. Indeed God became man for you and me, in the cold, in the dark, and in the manger, and the angels praised God, saying, Glory to God in the highest. When you find yourself peering into life's rearview mirror, wondering if your past will forever define you, it doesn't have to. Go to StandTallToday.com and register for your absolutely free consultation with one of our world-class life coaches. They can help you get started on a plan forward to living your best life. There's nothing to lose and an entire future to gain. Log on to StandTallToday.com for complete details. That's StandTallToday.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to invite you to listen to A Life Lived Joyfully, a show where we explore the call to holiness and the life of virtue. Join our hosts, Martha Fernandez Sardina, Monsignor Charles Pope, Steve Gleason, and Sarah Soto, as they discuss ways to live an authentic Catholic life, to strive for holiness, and grow in virtue. Tune in Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can also be a part of the conversation with questions or comments at 877-757-9424. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time on this January 3rd, Wednesday. Dave Palmer filling in for Adrian Fonseca today. Thank you for being part of the Guadalupe Radio Network family. You can find out more about the network on our website, grnonline.com, and put a slash raffle after that. And you can find out about the car raffle that began yesterday with our kickoff show. Joseph Pierce is my guest. His article is called Unsung Heroes of Christendom. His website, jpierce.co. And uh, Joseph, I apologize. I uh, asked you a question. And then the music started last uh, time. But I was asking you about the methodology of finding these unsung heroes. And uh, how, what's, what's, how will you go about that? Yeah, so obviously I, I, I want to keep an element of surprise. So I'm not going to give the name of unsung heroes that, uh, that are in the future. But I can obviously talk about the ones already published. So the, the, first, the first essay was the unsung St. Nicholas uh, and of course, this was uh, this was beginning of December, St. Nicholas Day. We all know Santa Claus. We also all know St. Nicholas. He's certainly not unsung. I mean, some people might think he's sung too much in in, in the secular culture. Um, but the unsung St. Nicholas is not Saint that St. Nicholas. It's Saint Ni- Saint Nicholas Owen, uh, who was an English martyr who built priest holes throughout England uh, and was tortured to death. Um, so most people will not have heard of St. Nicholas Owen. And I threw in for good measure, blessed Nicholas Poskay, who was another English martyr who was actually, um, tortured to death, um, when he was 85 years old. Um, so these are, these are people that, that we don't know as a St. Nicholas and a blessed Nicholas. Most people won't know. So that's an example of, of, of what, of what I'm, uh, doing in this series, but they won't all be saints. So I, I, I've, uh, the second one was about a poet, Roy Campbell, who saved the archives of the of St. John of the Cross from the communists during the Spanish Civil War. Now, he wasn't a saint, but he obviously did something very, very important by saving the archives of a saint. So to give you some idea of, you know, there could be different types of people. Some of them are canonized. Some of them emphatically not canonized. They might have been miserable sinners, but nonetheless did something which we should be singing their praises for. You mentioned also in the article that you will not necessarily limit this to Catholics. And then you said 
Uh, some might not even be Catholics, but will be treated as heroes of Christendom on the basis of their contribution to civiliz- Christian civilization or their witness to Christian truth. And I got to thinking, and this certainly is not an unsung person, but uh, probably my my favorite historic well. My, my, the, the, my, the, the historical non-Catholic that comes to mind, mind that I respect a lot would be C.S. Lewis, and he is certainly not unsung, but is this kind of the, the model of what you're talking about, somebody that didn't contradict the teachings of the Catholic Church, but just, just never quite got into full communion? Yeah, I mean, obviously, C.S. Lewis, I, I was hoping you were going to say C.S. Lewis when you were doing the preamble there, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, C.S. Lewis is, is a perfect example of an unsung hero of Christendom who was never received into the Catholic Church. But it was so, so, but he's not unsung, as you say. He's very well he's famous. So he won't be in the series because you all know who C.S. Lewis is. I, I won't give the person's name away, but the what, one person I have in mind who will certainly be in the series was never uh, a Catholic, but was, was very, very vocal in calling for... Uh, equal rights for Catholics, for defending uh, the Catholic Church against lies against it, for correcting the historical record uh, with you know, people even telling lies about the history of the church. So he was a great defender of the church without being a Catholic. So he'll be in the series. Um, so, so, you know, the, the, there are various characters. I mean, the majority of them will be Catholics, but, uh, but there will be some. I say, I want to keep people guessing. It's not going to be, you know, it not, they're all going to be saints. Uh, they could be they could be historians, they could be writers, they could be soldiers. Um, you know, so we, we're going to be coming from all sorts of directions in this series. Yeah, you know, it's uh, speaking of unsung, it always uh, it, it makes me I don't know laugh or it's it, it's it's interesting to see the names of parishes in a typical diocese because your typical diocese will have uh, you know sometimes two or three Saint Francis of Assisi's and maybe a couple of Saint Elizabeth Ann Setons and a couple of Saint Thomas Aquinas's and I'm always thinking like come on <laughs> we can be more creative than that I mean I you know if I'm the bishop I'm saying every church has to at least have a different saint's name you know let's not double up because, uh, you know, God bless these wonderful saints like Francis and Aquinas and, um, of course, Our Lady, the, the, the best saint of all, but there, we do see, tend to kind of focus on, you know, the, the St. Therese of Lisieux, the, the, the top five or ten, don't we? And, and that means we're ignoring a whole lot of other people. Yeah, and, you know, and, and they're the superstars and thanks be to God for them, of course. Um, but, you know, but the, the, the heaven is full of, uh, of saints, uh, and most of the saints in heaven have never been canonized by the church. Uh, thank God, because if only canonized saints were in heaven, the rest of us are in trouble. Um, so, <laughs> so they're, they're, they're going to be That's lots of sure. people in heaven that are not going to formally recognized by the church. So, you know, we, we, we have to recognize the fact there are many saints out there that we don't know as saints. And some of them have been canonized and forgotten. And I'll be focusing on them. Some were never canonized for whatever reason, um, perhaps because they just were not famous enough, right? Um, they, they, they lived quiet lives. And remember the words of Jesus Christ, the great paradox, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. You know, that the, the least in the kingdom of heaven is, should be celebrated. Now, if somebody, you know, comes to you and says, Joseph, you, you should know about my aunt Sally. You know, she lived, uh, you know, she died, you know, 15 years ago. She was the saintliest woman I ever met and she did this and that. Are you open to those kind of stories? I mean, it's just something that uh, a person that maybe was only known within their, their local community or their family, but they did, they did live a, a, a holy and, 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 and saintly life. I mean, are you open to those kind of suggestions? Can people email you and say, you, you need to hear about this person? 
Well, in theory, yes. Uh, you know, thanks be to God, most of us know someone like that. Um, you know, the, 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 the unsung heroes of our own lives that have, that have lived good, faithful, self-sacrificial lives, laying down their lives for others. Um, and so obviously there's no way at all that I can sing every unsung hero because thanks be to God, there are too many of them. But I, that, that's the whole point is I do want to come from different directions so that people do not necessarily know you know, next week, what sort of hero will it be? So if someone were to send me a very interesting story, I would certainly be open to retelling that. And if a cause of canonization is ongoing, uh, you know, there's probably uh, thousands of causes of canonization of, of people that we've never heard of. The fact that that's been opened, does that mean they're no longer unsung or would you consider maybe bringing attention to somebody uh, whose cause might need to be furthered? Yeah, so give an example. I, I was blessed to be at the canonization of St. John of Beretta Mola back in, I think, 2005 at, at, at uh, St. Peter's uh, in Rome. Uh, but there were four or five other people that were canonized with her. Now, she's quite well known because, of course, she's uh, she's a, a great heroine for for life. Um, but the others were not known. So uh, and, and I couldn't name them now, truth be told. Right. So so there were there were there were many saints who most people don't know. Um, so I, that's that's the whole point. I want to make saints that are not as well known as perhaps they should be or could be make them better known. Um, there were many people singing the praises of the saints you mentioned, and thanks be to God, and may that continue. But that's not the purpose of this series. I was talking to Father Kirby yesterday, and he has written a book about the popes um, and a, a daily devotion about the popes and their writings. And in a previous interview that he did, he was talking about only four popes having the title The Great after their names, one of them being uh, Pope St. John Paul II. One of the greats, he said, was a pope by the name of Martin. And it was interesting because I I'd never heard of him. And <laughs> this is a, a pope that I guess by popular, popular acclaim is one of the greats. And I was like, never heard of him. And so uh, through history, we have a tendency also to sometimes forget about even the the sung heroes, don't we? I mean, there, there's so much to learn about the Catholic faith that even some of the more sung heroes get kind of washed up as time goes by. Would you agree? Well, yes, the thing is that some people may have been sung in the past, but be unsung now. Um, so so they, they, they would be part of the series because, uh, you know, if, if, if nobody is singing about them now, irrespective if, if, uh, of the fact the whole world might have been singing about them a thousand years ago, they need to be sung again. So that they become unsung, even if they were sung, so to speak. So that would be part of the series is that the, the people that had a great impact in their own time, and were greatly revered and perhaps canonized in their own time, but for whatever reason have been forgotten since then that, that we need to know about, we need to resurrect, if you like, from the dead and, and make them known again. So that, that's absolutely one of the focuses of the series will be to, to represent to our generation greats from the past that have been neglected. Yeah, certainly. You know, Joseph, in the time that we have remaining, we only have a few minutes remaining. You mentioned in one of the, the last paragraphs of your article about these holy people who reflect the logos. And today, since it's the holy name of Jesus and logos is another name for the second uh, person of the Blessed Trinity, could you reflect on that word? Because I know it has tremendous philosophical and theological significance and that how many, that kind of ties in to your project here. 
Yeah, logos, you know, it, that mean is often translated as word, but, but in a really deep sense, it's reason. Uh, that God is the logos, which is that God is reason, that all reason leads to him, all reason springs from him. So to serve the logos is basically to serve reason. And the other thing we have to realize that ultimately, I talk about heroism and holiness being the same thing, sanity and sanctity are the same thing. Because to, to be holy is to be in accordance with the Logos, to be in accordance with reason himself. That is sanity. So sanity and sanctity are the same thing, which is another way of saying that is sin is stupid. <laughs> that is a good way. And also in my, you know, philosophical studies, I know that some of the uh, more modern, I guess, or more real philosophers of the last couple hundred years, uh, people like Kant and Hume have thrown out this whole idea of, of essence and nature and logos. And so that's one of the, the poverties of philosophy is that uh, the battle of logos gets into the philosophical realm as well. Uh, could Anything that you might want to mention that? Because I know you mentioned some of the philosophy like Socrates and Plato and Aristotle in your article. Yeah, basically, you know, the, the, the technical word for what the church teaches the philosophically is realism, that things that are metaphysical are real. Goodness is real. Truth is real. Beauty is real. These modern philosophers have thrown all of that out. If something is not, is, is not physical, uh, it's not real. Well, that's just not true. So, so the, 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 these modern philosophies are not realistic in the deeper sense of the word. All right, uh, Joseph, we're down to the last minute or so. Uh, thank you so much. I do, I do want to direct everybody to Joseph's website, jparis.co, jparis, P-E-A-R-C-E dot C-O. Um, and his article is called Unsung Heroes of Christendom by Crisis Magazine. And I think we got 30 seconds. Any other projects you want to highlight, Joseph, before we say goodbye to you? Well, I mean, I've always got new books coming out and new books written. So the most recent one is uh, The Good, the Bad and the Beautiful, uh, 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 History in Three Dimensions. That's a history of Christendom. So uh, one, one chapter for each century. All right. Uh, thanks so much, Joseph. Uh, it's always good to, to hear from you and uh, to find out what's going on. Appreciate you being a, a, a guest here on Catholic Drive Time. Hope you have a, a great rest of your day and Happy New Year. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year to you. God bless you. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, busy man. And it's great to talk to him. And I have followed a lot of his work and uh, uh, has done some wonderful things. This is Catholic Drive Time. And we are finished with our first hour. On the other side, we are going to side. We are going to introduce you to uh, Cecil Anderson. And she is going to be one of the contributors to the new morning show that uh, Adrian will tell you about tomorrow. And we're going to talk about what does it mean to be a young Catholic today? Somebody in their 20s and 30s, the unique challenges and joys of being boys, of being young and Catholic. We'll be back. I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much. This is Life News Radio. I'm Jim Anderson. Spain's socialist coalition government includes political parties for whom abortion must know no limits. And it's now fighting pro-life activity. Madrid in November ordered an end to praying the rosary in public. 
On the Feast of the Holy Innocents, outside Madrid's Detour Abortion Center, 10 young people were praying the rosary and a pro-life doctor protested abortion by simply lying down. Riot police removed the young people and arrested Dr. Jesus Boveda. A federal agency says U.S. population growth is falling on hard times. Pro-life observers say it's a problem because even just the math involved shows it will take decades to reverse an impending population decline. Changing cultural attitudes may be even tougher. This is Life News Radio. Persecution around the world has manifested itself through the centuries, but it is worse today than ever before. Aid to the Church in Need and its donors have been there to help since 1947, never abandoning the Church or her most vulnerable children. Will you stand up for your faith and accompany our brothers and sisters on their spiritual journey? Visit churchinneed.org. Churchinneed.org. Congressional pro-life leaders criticize White House efforts denying federal low-income assistance dollars to pregnancy support centers. A new proposed rule would defund those who do not provide eugenic abortions for the poor. And pro-life advocates in South Carolina are offering the roller coaster story of how a heartbeat abortion ban now offers some significant reductions in abortion. Abortion-friendly Republicans in state Senate committees killed a tougher law and made compromise necessary. The pro-lifers now seek to swing those Senate seats to more pro-life candidates. For pro-life headlines delivered to your email address daily, sign up at lifenews.com. This has been Life News Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, Wednesday morning, January 3rd, second hour now, 7 o'clock Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern. And I am Dave Palmer from the North Texas office of the Guadalupe Radio Network, merely filling in for the host, Adrian Fonseca, who is wrapping up his time off and will be back on the air tomorrow morning and uh, he has some exciting news to share with you i don't know exactly when he's going to do it but uh, he's going to tell you about the launch of the new morning show that he is going to continue to be the host of on january 22nd okay that's two weeks from this coming monday and he'll have some other exciting news you know we've been kind of dripping a little bit of it here and there and some of the contributors i'd said yesterday that debbie and adam are going to be part of it and i'm going to be part of it a a small part and another part of it uh, rudy's going to be part of it Uh, and uh, so is cecil anderson this may be a voice that you're not as familiar with cecil serves as our north texas assistant uh, is a huge huge help uh, to me here in north texas with our english station kth 910 a.m she also is a host of a show called Young and Present, and she helps me also with the Back to the Father program, focusing on the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas on Fridays at 1 o'clock, and she is young and she is present, because I can see her. She's present <laughs> right there. Cecil Anderson, how are you? Good, good morning. Good morning. I'm doing pretty well. The uh, coffee is finally hitting my bloodstream here, so I'm doing a lot better. I think when we first connected this morning, I was sounding a little groggy. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's, uh, you know, it's, I, I mentioned uh, we, we had the segment uh, lined up, but then I realized this morning uh, that the Seek 24 event is going on right now. It is. And it's going on in St. Louis, Missouri this week, and the theme is Be the Light. And there's a great quote on their website from Saint pa- Pope St. John Paul II. You are children of the light. You belong to Christ, and he has called you by name. 
And I remember seeing, I've never been to a Sikh event, um, but I remember seeing video of it, and it's just like thousands and thousands and thousands of college students, and you see it, and it's very encouraging. And I think, and I, let's maybe start off the conversation with you about, I think a lot of people say the situation looks very bleak uh, for, for Catholics in their 20s and 30s, and they don't want to go to Mass, and they're all leaving the faith, and they're, you know, they're resisting. But I think you have a different message, don't you? And, and also maybe a little bit of bio about yourself, because you're a convert. You've only been a, what, you're Catholic for about five years or so, or how long? I have been Catholic for, oh dear, I'm not going to have to do some math now. I became, <laughs> I came into the church in 2016 at the Easter Vigil. Okay, that's, so that's about seven years. Seven years. Yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, I've been Catholic for uh, a little while now. Um, still lots and lots to learn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, there, I agree. I would not say that this, the situation is all bleak. Now, naturally, I feel like it's wrong for me as a young person to just be like, yeah, the young church is awful. That just, mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds like very self-destructive here. Um, I, I guess my, um, I'm trying to think what my, my qualities, my being able to talk about this subject is that I am a young person. Uh, I don't, certainly don't speak for all young people, but I've also had the privilege of working in young adult ministry. I say working, it's a volunteer. I say working, it's a volunteer position, uh, cause you cannot pay me enough sometimes to pay to work in ministry, but they, uh, it's a beautiful time of life. It is a highly confusing time of life to be a young person. The way our culture is set up nowadays, um, I guess, what would you define as a young person, first off, Dave? I want to yeah, make sure that we're that, thinking about the uh, same Rudy, thing. Rudy and I were talking about that earlier, and I would say generally somebody in their 20s and 30s. I think when you, I mean, again, I'm in my 50s, so this is no denigration <laughs> of anybody older than that, but I think uh, I would say when you get to be 40, you know, you've, You've, re- you've hit, hit a different stage you've, you've of life. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think a lot of dioceses, could call, uh, say young adults are like 18 to 35 or something yeah. in that range. Uh, college and young adult is kind of grouped together at times. It is funny, growing up Protestant, I had some friends of mine that they would call their kids, their teenagers, young people because they didn't want to say they had teenagers because teenagers imply that they would rebel, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> I was like, I think young people can rebel too, but okay. Um, so that was pretty funny. But yeah, so... The, the situation with young adults is an interesting one. Uh, being young and Catholic in 2024 now, which is still getting interesting to s- remember to say that. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's an all bleak situation. I don't know if you want me to talk about a little bit the struggles. Yeah, let's talk about the struggles. First. What is the biggest struggle that this generation is dealing with right now, young people? So there's a few different things. I, a lot of people um, often want to blame the culture, I think, as, you know, being a bad influence on young adults. And that's what it is. It's this is the worst times we've lived in. And I would disagree with that because I think there's been lots of times in church history where um, the church has gone against persecution. Um, there's a lot of things, really awful things going on inside the church, outside of in outside of the church. Um and I don't think this time is any different. What I will say is about this particular generation, if we're talking about the millennials and Gen Zers that are now all in their, uh, that 18 to 35 range, is that it's a couple of things that have trickled down. One, uh, Gen Z in particular is the first generation that in their formative years had the access to the internet. Mm-hmm. This connection to everyone across the world, finding out everything instantaneously, which I really think is detrimental to our mental health, our spiritual health. I don't think that's a good thing for us to be able to have. And so there's a lot of learning curve. I think the next generation, I think parents have kind of figured out, you know, 
how to maybe manage that access of internet and stuff like that because it was very difficult for like my family didn't know what to do with it. Um, there is a lot of uh, broken families, Gen Z and millennials, their families were kind of some of the higher divorce rates. Um, and there's a lot of brokenness going on there. Um, and then that mixed with the culture that being what it is, it's a really bad combination because I think in previous times when there was a lot of things going on in the world, young Catholics could stay pretty true to their faith because they had built up this like society that was very Christian. Mm-hmm. And nowadays we don't have that. And on top of that, we have all these other things that have kind of piled up onto each other. So it's, it's a very fascinating time to be a young Catholic. And it is true. There are a lot of studies saying that there is a lot of uh, young adults more and more are saying that they don't believe in anything or if they're anything, they're just spiritual and not really affiliating with one particular religion. Yeah. And also, you know, you talk about the social media and the access to the Internet and how this generation has pretty much had it uh, their entire time. It also has uh, an implication and an effect on relationships. Uh, mm. I know you're you're single and uh, there's a lot of people in, in your category that uh, might be marriage minded. And sure. I think the and uh, speaking as a guy in my 50s who met his wife on the Internet, but I was one of the first uh, kind of, you were the of doing that. Of the- <laughs> and uh, internationally, too. So that was uh, a very different kind of situation uh, but it, yeah but it was very very new back then but it's kind of almost like the standard now so mm. how does technology and social media and uh, the, you know the instant access I, I know young people don't generally talk to each other on the phone they're texting right. and, and uh, <laughs> you know that's kind of passe to sure. talk on the phone but how does that Im- impact you know both friend relationships and also the potentially romantic relationships mm. I will say I'm one of those people who really I don't love talking on the phone to people I don't know very well but I am that person who will get tired of texting and just call someone randomly, which is, by the way, something you don't do in this generation. You don't start texting someone and then switch to phone call because it makes them be like, oh, why are we switching to phone call? I don't want to talk. Um, but I still was part of the generation that grew up calling my friends on the phone, you know, when I was seven, eight years old, you know, calling and having to be like their dad answer and be like, oh, hi, is Emily there? <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it really does impact um how we do relationships, uh, whether that just be friendships or, um, or, you know, romantic relationships, because I, I the date, the online dating thing is always something that I've not personally done. And, uh, I have a lot of friends who do it. Um, I have a hard time with it because I really don't like seeing people as like a profile and just being like, cause we have young adults can be a little bit picky these days. We kind of have this idea that the guy or girl that we're looking to marry has to already have this like set of things that we think we need, um, which are not the actual standards that we should be holding. The standards of being, are you a devout Catholic? Is this person going to get me to heaven? Those are the actual only important things. And okay. Yeah. Are they able to support a family? Those are important things, but we kind of, get all these things like oh this guy he likes fishing i don't like fishing we won't must not be a match like it's so silly because you see that and you just swipe left or right and i'm like that's not good for our relationships so we're seeing people from a very one level and i think that kind of adds that tension we have nowadays because when you introduce online communication you know you can say whatever you want behind a screen um people are not likely to say those things in person um but we are getting people down to a small file Mm -hmm. and not actually knowing anything about the person or desiring to know that person who is a child of god 
you know, from a deeper level and just saying, okay, they say, they say this or they believe this. So I'm going to completely throw them out. I remember the first time I was told about speed dating by one of my <laughs> nieces and it just totally blew me away. And there's part of me that was like, well, that kind of makes sense. But it also uh, by its very name is speed and yeah. it's quick and you got to make a quick decision after mm-hmm. talking to somebody for a couple of minutes. And I just thought that was a, the, the funniest <laughs> thing. Uh, Cecil Anderson is joining me. She is host of a program local Locally in North Texas called Young and Present. She's a young person herself. By our definition, she's in her <laughs> 20s, so she's a young person. And um, she's also going to be a contributor to the uh, the new morning show that Adrian will tell you all about tomorrow morning. And we have uh, a few minutes remaining. So, so if you were to sit down with a pastor, and I know you're, you're very involved in your parish, mm-hmm. and a pastor were to say, how do we get more young people involved in the parish life? What would your answer be? Well, I'd say one of the biggest things, and I think is a common mistake, is that try not to make the young adult communities. Young adult communities are extremely important um, because we do want people to meet and marry. And if they're only integrated with the older adults, that's likely not going to happen if they're not around people their age. So those communities are very, very important. We do like to hang out you know, with people of our age. But equally as important, when I am working with my young adult group, one of the biggest things that like my coordinators and I want to do is integrate them into parish life fully. Um, and I think that's a a big thing is that young adult groups sometimes have the tendency of trying to replicate what was in youth group. This idea where it's only people of the same age and everything's catered to them, everything's put down to their level on every single thing. And I don't think that's treating them as the adults that they need to be treated as. Um, again, I, we have our own formation night sometimes, but we also highly encourage them to get involved with other things. Um, because the young adults, they're in so many different transitional periods of their life. They could have just moved to the area and are attending a, per, uh, a church by themselves. Maybe they're the only one in their family that's come back to the faith or has converted to the faith. Um, so there's a poverty of community, and they desperately need that community, but they need the community of all ages. Um, so I'd say first and foremost, don't make it a kind of separate thing from the rest of the church. Like It is a ministry of the church, and you need to integrate them fully into the church so that they have that community um, of all ages. Yeah, very nice. Um, it's interesting. I talk to parents sometimes, and they'll say, I've got a young, you know, somebody, I've got a kid who's in his 20s, and he feels isolated. He loves his Catholic faith, but he doesn't have any friends who are Catholic. And there really are a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. Of course, they can tune into Catholic radio, and they can find like-minded people here. But I'm also thinking of like what we started off talking about, the Sikh conference that's going on right now in St. Louis. Young Catholic Professionals, which was started in Dallas and has now exploded across the country. They're... Uh, talk about the importance of having like-minded friends, people mm-hmm. who share, you know, the love of the Catholic faith and the influence that'll have on people. Oh, for sure, because we're not meant to walk on this journey alone. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, our relationship with Jesus is between us and Jesus, but we have to have those people around us that are encouraging us to have, like, to live out the life that we should be as Catholics. So, um, especially, I have young adults in our young adult group who, like I kind of mentioned, were are the only Catholic in their family maybe the only one in their friend group because they converted. Um, so having this group of people where they can actually kind of call each other out on how is your prayer life going? Are you, you know, are you at living out the life that you need to be to be on the, 
you know, path towards heaven um, is so, so vital because we are, none of us are above that. We all are in need of having someone there to kind of keep us accountable on this pilgrimage we have towards heaven. Yes. And I know you came into the Catholic Church along with family members. And so it was kind of a, kind of a group thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, speaking, you know, personally, uh, what do you love about being Catholic? What is it? How, what's the difference between being Catholic and eight <laughs> years ago when you weren't Catholic? Well, it's a lot, a lot of things are different. Uh, I think one of my favorite things about being Catholic, especially coming from a pretty small, um, denomination or a denomination within a denomination of Protestantism is that, uh, everywhere I I go there is a catholic community um and it's going to have the same you know the liturgy is going to be the same the readings are going to be the same and how universal and beautiful that is because again i came from a pretty small um you know denomination where you kind of felt separated like all the denominations were separated it's like we have some things in common but we don't and it just was very you just felt like there was nothing you had in common with people even though we really should have because we were all believers in jesus um and so that's probably one of my favorite things is that, and also the, just having the authority of the church, because I very much felt as a teenager overwhelmed when I had a Sunday school teacher tell me that, you know, when I was, you know, 16 years old, I read through Romans and that's when I figured out what denomination fit what I believed. And I thought that was a bit too much. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's the music. Cecil Anderson will be one of the contributors of the new morning show. Adrian, I have more details about it tomorrow. Starts January 22nd. Cecil, thank you so much uh, for your contribution. And uh, we are at the point now where you are going to do fair and trembling. 877-757-9424. Be the first caller. Whenever Christians judge some behavior to be immoral, we're often hit with Matthew 7-1, where Jesus says, Judge not that you be not judged. But this is a misreading of the text because just a few verses later in verse 5, he gives us precise instruction on how to judge. He says, first, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Jesus, therefore, is not saying that we can't judge a behavior to be immoral. His point is that we need to have a forgiving and merciful attitude toward others as God has toward us. And when we do judge a behavior to be wrong and encourage our brother to avoid it, we need to make sure that we're first a credible witness living an upright life. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Catholic Radio gives us something all day, every day, to fill our lives with our faith. We are completely inundated by the world constantly. Every time you go out shopping, the music that's playing, the the visuals that you see, TV, everything, we need Catholicism filling our minds. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 
All right, I can't say it quite as enthusiastically as him, but here's the number, 877-757-9424. I don't see Tim on the phone yet, so I don't know that we have a contestant yet. You know, Mary Rita was our first contestant of the new year uh, yesterday, and who is going to be number two? You know, she was from the North Texas area, but we'd love to hear from you regardless of where you are, D.C. or Alabama, Florida, San Antonio, Houston. Give us a call and be a contestant. It's a lot of fun, and Rudy has promised that he will not deceive anybody in this new year, okay? 877-757-9424, And uh, Rudy, you make this game a lot of fun, you know? You're just perfect <laughs> as the, uh, the, the comedic element perfect. of this, you know, the... Yeah, you're perfect. You, wow. There's nothing that I, I think you could improve upon. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, you think you're going to say something. Well, I'm going to throw away my resolution. Right? I'm going to throw away my resolution. I'm going to keep it the same way. But that number to call is 877-757-9424. I would love to hear from Amarillo. I never hear from Amarillo on the game show, but that would be really, really? cool. But let me tell you about what you can you know, win they, this week. Oh, okay. Yes, let please me, do. Let me, let me tell you about I'm the sorry. prize, Dave. We're going to give away a book this week, and it's a book that I think is going to really inspire you, dear listener, in the, this new year. You know, a lot of people make the, uh, the New, Year's, new Year's resolutions, and um, I think particularly those who have uh, fathers, I think this is a great gift to give them. Uh, it's a book by our good friend Alan Smith. Now, he didn't actually write it. He, com- he compiled it. It's, uh, it's uh, The Priest is Not His Own. But it's printed through him. And Alan Smith is our friend over in the Great White North uh, out in Canada. And he's on the show every Thursday. He's a contributor to the show, so you can listen to him. He's a resident Fulton Sheen expert. But we're giving away this book, and uh, it's going to really encourage your, your, your father in your life uh, to take on the spiritual fatherhood. So that's the prize we're giving away this week on Friday. All right. All right. Thanks, Rudy. Appreciate it very much. We have our contestant, and his name is uh, Mariano from Dallas, I presume, listening Mariano. to 9, 10 a.m. here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Mariano, uh, good morning. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Have you ever played this game before, Mariano? Yes. Yes, I've done uh, okay, so, all right, very good. So you know how it goes, but uh, for those who are listening, because it's a new year, there's probably people saying, you know, my resolution is I'm going to start listening to Guadalupe Radio Network a lot more. And basically, I ask Mariano, a, I, I ask Rudy a question. Rudy gives an answer, and sometimes he gives the right answer. Sometimes he gives a, a, a fake answer that isn't true, and then it's up to Mariano to say whether he trusts Rudy to be giving him the, 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 the right or the wrong answer, okay? So... And then if Mariano, depending on how many he gets right, those number of uh, chances will be put into the uh, coffee cup of divine providence uh, for the chance to win that Alan Smith book on Friday. Rudy, did I explain that well? Is that pretty much how it goes? You did it, Dave. You, you like myself, are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Mariano, let's go with uh, question number one. Um, have you ever won anything on this, Mariano? Has your name ever been drawn, or have you always been just a contestant? Have you won before? Yes, I won before. I won. Uh, oh, did you? Okay. All right. Okay. So you are uh, very seasoned in this game. Okay. Here's the first question for Rudy. What was the most 
dangerous of the heresies that denied the sacraments and the entire ecclesiastical hierarchy. Wow. That's throwing out a, a, a whole lot of baby with the, with the bathwater. I mean, okay, so let me repeat it so Mariano can hear it also again. What was, the, the, what was the name of the most dangerous of the heresies that denied the sacraments and the entire ecclesiastical hierarchy? Okay, so uh, Rudy, what do, you, what do you say that is? Wow. It's almost like it never went away. Right? I mean, we experience it yeah. every single day. We hear about it all the time. It's one of the big critiques, right? Ah, I don't like the institution. It's the Albigensian heresy. The Albigensians. Okay, the Albigensians. And, you know what's interesting, Dave, is uh, Our Lady gave us the antidote for this. The rosary. And what is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, through St. Dominic, right? Yeah, St. Dominic. Because I, th- I think it was the uh, the Dominicans that battled against the Albigensians back in the, uh, the the Middle Ages, what I used to call Christendom, but Joseph Paris has told me that that wasn't just one period. So, all right, Mariano, um, Rudy says it's the Albigensian heresy. Would you say he's right or he's wrong? Uh, heresies, or I don't know all of them. I'm going to trust on the goodwill of Rudy of New Year. I know he's tricky, but I think his card is, is soft is New Year. I'm going to say he's right. Apparently. Apparently, you weren't mm. listening yesterday, <laughs> Mariano. But uh, in this particular case, you are... You are right. Okay, see that, Rudy? You know, the, you, despite uh, trying to fool Mary Rita yesterday three times, uh, Mariano still trusts oh, you. Okay, I got and, a tummy uh, you're, you're absolutely right, Mariano. Yeah, congratulations. And, uh, you know, as of right now, four for four on the year because uh, Mary Rita got all hers cracked yesterday. Uh, Mariano, you're perfect so far. No pressure, okay? No pressure. Uh, but here's question number two. Who is the patron saint of prisoners? Hmm. Who is the patron saint of prisoners? Um, uh, Rudy Carlos, you want to give an answer to this? <sighs> All right, uh, I got a little tummy ache there, holding it in. Wanted to uh, wanted to uh, deviate there and uh, tell a little fib there, spin a yarn. But uh, I'll tell you the truth this time, again for the second time. <laughs> okay, it's Saint Peter. <laughs> this time, it's Saint Peter. Saint Peter in chains. Okay. That's a church, okay. right? Yeah, so St. Peter in Italy. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Okay, James. Mariano, trying to stay perfect for the year. No pressure, of course, but uh, is St. Peter the patron saint of prisoners? Is Rudy telling the truth? Well, St. Peter was in jail also. Uh, yeah, but so was Paul, and, you know, a lot of people are in jail. <laughs> yeah, well, Who? You know, was all the time in jail. So, I would say he's wrong. Oh, that he's wrong. Well, mm-hmm. you are. <laughs> you are right that he's wrong. <laughs> no, wow, Mariano, I was worried, man. I was, I was trying to throw you a few little hints there because I was like, oh, man, I want Mariano to stay perfect because it, it, it seems logical. I mean, especially the way Rudy explained it, you know, St. Peter in chains. Of course, St. Paul spent a lot of time in, in jail as well, but uh, the patron saint of prisoners is St. Dismas. Dismas. Um, not too familiar with him, but uh, Mariano, I am very impressed. Very impressed. You must be listening to a lot of Catholic radio. Uh, yes, I hear almost every day. Awesome. 
Okay. Praise be to God. All right. Very good. All right. So question number three now uh, is what is the second commandment of God? Okay. Of the commandments that were given to Moses on Mount Sinai by God. What is the second commandment? Rudy Carlos. He's rubbing his brow. Are you getting nervous there, Rudy? Or? Did you mean on the third tablet that got broken? Or never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Never All right. Mind. Speaking of tummy aches, I get a tummy ache when I hear people take the name of the Lord's name in vain, especially considering today is the feast of the holy name of Jesus. That second commandment is thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain. Don't do it. Stop doing it. Cut it out. Just just stop. Okay. Put a quarter in the jar. Do not take the name of the Lord. Okay. To put a quarter in the jar. Uh, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. The second commandment. Would you say, Mariano, that he is right or he is wrong about that? Take a question, take a answer, because there is a lot of points of view that will say that that is or is the love as yourself the others. But I would say he's right. I, I him. I, I, I didn't he quite said, hear what yeah. he said. Did you say right? Yeah. So you say he's yeah. right? I think he's right. I, I think he's right. Oh. Depending on which time <laughs> in history you go. Yeah, right, right. Okay. All right. Well, the uh, survey says... <laughs> You're right, Mariano. Three for three. Boy. Perfect. You're awesome, man. Three times in the coffee cup of divine providence for the chance to win the alan smith book on friday uh mariano thanks so much what's your parish by the way in in dallas uh san francis of assisi on frisco oh yeah yeah that's that's a you know i was talking about uh uh, saint francis of assisi parish earlier with joseph paris about how probably the one of the most popular names for parishes i know in the dallas diocese there's I, i think at least two or three uh, but yeah, that's a big parish. Love Father Rudy Garcia and great things going on up there. Yeah. So, uh, Mariano, Mariano, thanks so much. Happy New Year and uh, God bless you. And th- thanks for calling in. You've put so much pressure on tomorrow morning's contestant because you and Mary <laughs> Reed are both perfect. All right. I, I think I think Adrian's going to have a hard time getting a contestant tomorrow because the pressure is going to be thick. Um, but uh, you did great. Uh, th- thanks for uh, listening and thanks for calling in, Mariano. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Uh, there's Mariana from Dallas, St. Francis of Assisi Parish. And, you know, uh, Rudy, I really appreciate you tying in uh, the question there with the, uh, the, the feast of the, the day. Feast. Was that intentional or was. was that, or was that just something that just happened to have? Okay. So you already knew about the feast of the day. Yeah. It's uh, well, yeah, very good. Yeah. We try and, uh, we want to make sure our listeners are paying attention, you know? all right well it's been a joy working with you and tim thank you and this is the end of the radio program stay tuned the the holy mass from corpus christi and the society of our lady the most holy trinity is up next and if you stay online you can hear the after show we'll be talking about uh, a lot of uh, fun and sundry topics on the after show so god bless you adrian returns tomorrow and he will have a lot of exciting news to share with you about the new morning program on the Guadalupe Radio Network which begins two weeks from Monday January 22nd and also don't forget about the car raffle it is underway pay it forward is the theme Uh, grnonline.com slash raffle God bless you
for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess him, King of glory now. Tis the Father's pleasure, we should call him Lord, who from the beginning was the mighty word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and shall prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. O God, who founded the salvation of the human race on the incarnation of your word, give your peoples the mercy they implore, so that all may know there is no other name to be invoked but the name of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. John. If you consider that God is righteous, you also know that everyone who acts in righteousness is begotten by him. See what love the Father has bestowed on us, that we may be called the children of God. Yet so we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we shall be has not yet been revealed. We do, not, we do know that when it is revealed, we shall be like Him 
for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope based on him makes himself pure as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin commits lawlessness, for sin is lawlessness. You know that he has revealed to you know that he was revealed to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who remains in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or known him. The Word of the Lord. All the ends of the earth have seen the saving power of God. All the ends of the earth have seen the saving power of God. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wondrous deeds. His right hand has won victory for him, his holy arm. All the ends of the earth have seen the saving power of God. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation by our God. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Break into song, sing praise. All the ends of the earth have seen the saving power of God. Sing praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Sing joyfully before the King, the Lord. All the ends of the earth have seen the saving power of God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. To those who accepted Him, He gave power to become the children of God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made manifest to Israel. John testified further saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from the sky and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today we celebrate this wonderful memorial of the holy name of Jesus. That name, of course, which was given to him before he was conceived in the womb, and that name which means God is salvation, or God saves. Jesus Christ came into the world to free us from our sins. That's really his main mission. Sometimes that for us might seem a little bit too much. It is something only God can do to free us from sin. And on the other hand, we might be a bit disappointed to say, 
is that all? <laughs> I'm thinking of that parable in the gospel, or that story in that parable, that story in the gospel, where the four men bring the paralytic to Jesus. They can't get to him because it's too hard. There's too big of a crowd. So they tear open the roof, lower the man down, and Jesus looks at him and he says, your sins are forgiven. Of course, this gets people start chattering, especially the Pharisees. Who is this who, how can he say he can forgive sins? You know, only God can do that. But you must have think that the friends who brought this man and set them before Jesus must have been a bit disappointed. At least maybe they really don't know what his real need is. His need is he needs to be healed, not forgiven of his sins. But then Jesus, of course, goes on to say, pick up your mat and walk. Which is easier, Jesus asks, to forgive sins or to say to this man, pick up your mat and walk? For Jesus to come in his holy name to forgive us of our sins is the greatest thing that God could do for us. He comes so close to remove all the obstacles that keep us from coming to him, from worshiping him, and to be in communion with him. That's why John in that first reading says, Every, um, everyone who has this hope based on him makes himself pure as he is pure that we strive to, to get, for our own part, to remove all those things which keep us from coming to Jesus, from receiving his salvation. Jesus, that, mean, that name means saves, and that name is holy. I think there's maybe two principal ways that we, can, we make sure that we keep the name of Jesus holy. The first, of course, is that uh, we re repeat many times in our own lives that holy name, that Jesus is Lord, that we would incline our heads every time the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ, is mentioned. It's a way of honoring that name, especially when it is so abused these days. The other thing is when we do hear that name used inappropriately, that we would turn that to praise God rather than to, of course, we should, it should strike us in our heart, it should disappoint us, because that name is used inappropriately, whether it's in movies and songs or whatever it is. But that's an opportunity for us to, to turn that around and say, praise be your name, Jesus Christ. Praise be to you, Jesus. Every time that, that word, it is used inappropriately. God's name, and Jesus' name, is never to be used as a curse, but as a blessing. That's one way we can honor the holy name of Jesus. The other thing which we mentioned is that in the East and the East, there's a way of praying, they call it the Jesus Prayer. We have the Rosary, and in fact it was St. Bernardine of, Sie of Siena who, in promoting the holy name of Jesus, really made sure that we add that name, you know, to the, the virgin that she conceived by the womb, who? Jesus. To mention that name of Jesus every time we say the Hail Mary. But in the East, they simply pray what we call the Jesus Prayer, repeating that name of Jesus over and over and over again. Something of the rhythm to Jesus, son of David, have pity on me, a sinner, or have mercy on me, a sinner. But in that repeating that name over and over and over again, whether we say something like, Jesus, help me, or Jesus, I trust in you, Jesus, have mercy on me, we repeat that over and over and over again, oh, probably about three or 30,000 times a day, it comes to the rhythm of our heart, to the rhythm of our breathing, and at least in my own experience, what happens is when I'm nervous or I get anxious about something, that, that, that phrase, Jesus, I trust in you, is like it's always praying in the background. 
and I only then I become conscious of it. But it's like that prayer is always there. The holy name of Jesus, which saves us, may that name be on, more purely on our lips, in our heart, in our souls. God has come to save us from our sins, and it is his name where every knee shall bend, every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. In this holy time, when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior have appeared, let us, dear brothers and sisters, humbly pour forth to him our prayers, trusting not in our own good works, but in his mercy. For the Church of God, that in integrity of faith she may await and may welcome with joy him, him whom the Immaculate Virgin conceived by a word and wondrously brought to birth. Let us pray to the Lord. For the progress and peace of the whole world, the end of war and strife and hatred, that what is given in time may become for us a reward in eternity. Let us pray to the Lord. For those oppressed by hunger, sickness, or loneliness, that through the mystery of, this, of the nativity of Christ, they may find relief in both mind and body. Let us pray to the Lord. For our families, and for all those joining us on Guadalupe Radio and online, that for us who receive Christ may also learn to welcome him in the poor. Let us pray to the Lord. We pray, O Lord our God, that the Virgin Mary, who merited to bear God and man in her chaste womb, may commend the prayers of your faithful in your sight, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God. By the mystery of this water and wine, when we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine, a work of human hands, will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God, humble spirit and contrite hearts, may we accept it by you, Lord, and our sacrifices in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Bringing you these offerings from what your bounty bestows on us, we pray, O Lord, that just as you have given to Christ, obedient you have given, just as you have given to Christ, obedient even unto death, the name that saves, so so you may grant us protection by its power through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in the mystery of the Word made flesh, a new light of your glory has shone upon the eyes of our mind, so that as we recognize in him God made visible, we may be caught up through him in love of things invisible. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Tabaho, Plenis Uncele et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, 
and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And let's offer each other a sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy. You should enter under my roof. Only say the word in my soul.
For those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Of the Father's love begotten, ere the world began to be, He is Alpha and Omega, He the source, the ending, He of the things that are, that have been, and that future years shall see evermore and evermore. Oh, that birth forever blessed, when the Virgin full of grace, by the Holy Ghost conceiving, bear the Savior of our race, and the babe, the world's redeemer, first revealed his sacred face, evermore and evermore. Let us pray. May the sacrificial gifts offered to your majesty, O Lord, to honor Christ's name, and which we have now received, fill us, we pray, with your abundant grace, so that we may come to rejoice that our names too are written in heaven, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Bow down for the blessing. May Almighty God bless you in his kindness and pour out saving wisdom upon you. Amen. May he nourish you always with the teachings of the faith and make you persevere in holy deeds. Amen. May he turn your steps towards himself and show you the path of charity and peace. 
And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Thanks be to God. O Jesus, we adore thee, who in thy love divine conceal thy mighty Godhead in forms of bread and wine. O Sacrament. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.